Chapters 11 to 12 of Tristram Shandy, Volume 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Gesine. The Life and Opinions of Tristram Shandy, Gentlemen, Volume 2, by Lawrence Stan. Chapter 11. "'It is two hours and ten minutes, and no more,' cried my father, looking at his watch, "'since Dr. Slop and Obadiah arrived, and I know not how it happened, Brother Toby, "'but to my imagination it seems almost an age. "'Here, pray, sir, take hold of my cap. "'Nay, take the bell along with it, and my pantoufles too. "'Now, sir, they are all at your service, and I freely make you a present of them, "'on condition you give me all your attention to this chapter.' Though my father said, I knew not how it happened, yet he knew very well how it happened, and at the instant he spoke it was predetermined in his mind to give my uncle Toby a clear account of the matter by a metaphysical dissertation upon the subject of duration and its simple modes, in order to show my uncle Toby by what mechanism and mensurations in the brain it came to pass, that the rapid succession of their ideas and the eternal scampering of the discourse from one thing to another, since Dr. Slop had come into the room, had lengthened out so short a period to so inconceivable an extent. "'I know not how it happens,' cried my father, "'but it seems an age.' "'Tis owing entirely,' quoth my Uncle Toby, "'to the succession of our ideas.' My father, who had an itch in common with all philosophers, of reasoning upon everything which happened, and accounting for it too, proposed infinite pleasure to himself in this, of the succession of ideas, and had not the least apprehension of having it snatched out of his hands by my uncle Toby, who, honest man, generally took everything as it happened, and who, of all things in the world, troubled his brain the least with abstruse thinking, the ideas of time and space, or how we came by these ideas, or of what stuff they were made, or whether they were born with us, or we picked them up afterwards as we went along, or whether we did it in frocks, or not till we had got into breeches, with a thousand other inquiries and disputes about infinity prescience, liberty, necessity, and so forth, upon whose desperate and unconquerable theories so many fine heads have been turned and cracked. Never did my Uncle Toby's the least injury at all, my father knew it and was no less surprised than he was disappointed with my uncle's fortuitous solution. "'Do you understand the theory of that affair?' replied my father. "'Not I,' quoth my uncle. "'But you have some ideas,' said my father, "'of what you talk about.' "'No more than my horse,' replied my uncle Toby. "'Gracious heaven!' cried my father, looking upwards and clasping his two hands together. "'There is a worth in thy honest ignorance, brother Toby. "'Twere almost a pity to exchange it for a knowledge. "'But I'll tell thee. "'To understand what time is a right, "'without which we never can comprehend infinity, "'insomuch as one is a portion of the other, "'we ought seriously to sit down "'and consider what ideas we have of duration, "'so as to give a satisfactory account "'how we came by it. "'What is that to anybody?' "'quoth my Uncle Toby, vide Locke. "'For if you will turn your eyes inwards upon your mind, 
continued my father, and observe attentively, you will perceive, brother, that whilst you and I are talking together, and thinking, and smoking our pipes, or whilst we receive successively ideas in our minds, we know that we do exist, and we do estimate the existence, or the continuation of the existence of ourselves, or anything else, commensurate to the succession of any ideas in our minds, to the duration of ourselves, or any such other thing coexisting with our thinking, and so according to that preconceived, "'You puzzle me to death!' cried my Uncle Toby. "'Tis owing to this,' replied my father, "'that in our computations of time we are so used to minutes, hours, weeks, and months, and of clocks. I wish there were not a clock in the kingdom, to measure out the several portions to us, and to those who belong to us, that twill be well.' if in time to come the succession of our ideas be of any use or service to us at all. Now whether we observe it or no, continued my father, in every sound man's head there is a regular succession of ideas of one sort or other, which follow each other in train just like... A train of artillery? said my uncle Toby. A train of a fiddlestick, quoth my father, which follow and succeed one another in our minds at certain distances, just like the images in the inside of a lanthorn, turned round by the heat of a candle. "'I declare,' quoth my Uncle Toby, "'mine are more like a smoke-jack.' "'Then, Brother Toby, I have nothing more to say to you upon that subject,' said my father. CHAPTER Twelve. What a conjuncture was here lost! My father, in one of his best explanatory moods, in eager pursuit of a metaphysical point into the very regions where clouds and thick darkness would soon have encompassed it about. My Uncle Toby, in one of the finest dispositions for it in the world, his head like a smoke-jack, the funnel unswept and the ideas whirling round and round about in it, all obfuscated and darkened over with fuliginous matter. By the tombstone of Lucian, if it is in being, if not, why then by his ashes? by the ashes of my dear Rabelais, and dearer Cervantes. My father and my uncle Toby's discourse upon time and eternity was a discourse devoutly to be wished for, and the petulancy of my father's humour in putting a stop to it as he did was a robbery of the ontologic treasury of such a jewel as no coalition of great occasions and great men are ever likely to restore to it again. End of chapters 11 and 12